Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, this is Chris Myers. For more than three decades, I've covered some of the biggest events in sports and talked with some of the most fascinating personalities. But now I want to invite you to join me for my new podcast, CMI, the Chris Myers interview on Podcast One. Covered a lot of events, World Series, Red Sox, White Sox breaking through at their time. The Super Bowl as recently as Mahomes and the Chiefs coming back against the 49ers. I was there to grab Brady after he had that tremendous comeback against the Falcons in the Super Bowl and some tough times, the 89 Earthquake World series that rocked the bay bridge and first to talk to oj simpson live after both of his trials and on the air through the 1996 atlanta olympic bombings informing people as best we could at the time we'll go in depth on stories past present and future to the effect of the world of sports and everybody in and around it from current athletes hall of famers and some people you and i know hope you tune in to cmi the chris myers interview on apple podcast podcast one and spotify Hey, it is Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, among other NFL-related podcasts, the former NFL offensive lineman, and yes, we are going to have an NFL season. It is here, thankfully. So, if you want to bet on the games, it is the Even Money Podcast. If you just want to play Fantasy Football, Fantasy Feast Podcast, or every day your NFL fix, the aforementioned Ross Tucker Football Podcast want to make sure that you guys are having as much fun as you possibly can during football season because look this may be our last we better live it up (laughs) who knows um and uh, there's probably two ways that you can make sure you're having the most fun watching uh football the first is you got to watch and the second is you got to have something going on while you're watching it and that's why monkey knife fight gives you an opportunity to do just that it's basically props but in a way more fun uh, an engaging way. They have a bunch of prop games. They don't just have them on football either. And NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs are going on. Baseball apparently is also happening. And you can um, play all of those games as well. And here's the kicker. If you just deposit 20 bucks a Monkey Knife Fight, you get a free PFF Edge subscription, which gives you all the information for how to, you know, go win those things. So it's a $40 value for 20 bucks. You have some fun. You enjoy football like you never thought you could monkeyknifefight.com promo code pff it is the september 17th edition of the pff forecast we're gonna it's also still leg day come on man <laughs> just got here just got started we're, we've got uh futures we're gonna talk some futures after week one it's a lot of fun um and then uh we're gonna figure out the lock of the week talk about some of the games some of the lines that have moved and we're going to cap it off with something douchey that you did and a Quibi show because it's been too long. So yeah. let's rock. Give the people what they want. 
All right, let's start with some futures because there's one that I really want to talk about. It won't surprise anybody at all what it is. Um, but uh, you're writing up an article for the site. By the way, a bunch of new stuff that's on the website that can help you, whether it's betting on futures or um, just betting on games. We now have the results of the simulation up on the website, the power rankings as well. So you get our probabilities for making the playoffs, for winning the division, for making the Super Bowl. So you can go figure your own out yourself um, as long as you have a PFS subscription, which, you know, is 40 bucks well spent. So let's start with your Kansas City Chiefs. Because I had a long conversation with your buddy, Seren. Friend I was podcast. on his show today, and he was talking about you and how you were more resolute about the grade of Mahomes than maybe I was. Oh, okay. So my my whole point to him was like, buddy, let's care a little less. I actually I actually defended the grade. I said Watson threw a brilliant back shoulder throw that got dropped. So his contention was that all of Watson's plays were in garbage time, and I said no. If he hits Fuller on that first drive. He had two he had two throws before the game was out of question that were better than yeah. throws. And Mahomes had an interception in the red zone that mm-hmm. I mean after you know would have made the game closer. I mean there was the thing is is like Mahomes didn't play his best game. So like why should we that, why should so, we stroke his ego every So he's just trying to drive us apart cuz that's literally yeah. exactly what I said. I was like, "Listen, buddy, they're about to play the Chargers. If either quarterback on the Chargers earns a grade as good as Mahomes' grade in that game, banner day." Absolutely banner day. But the hang the, a banner. So here's the interesting thing about Kansas City. We think about, you know, the market is obviously moved by public sentiment and all anyone is talking about is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And I think they've jumped up in a lot of people's minds. And honestly, like, I mean, we have them sixth in, in PFF Elo. Like, they're a good team if Rodgers is playing that well, certainly. But doesn't it feel like the Chiefs, maybe, because they played on Thursday, because they Mahomes wasn't so brilliant, that maybe they aren't being given the value uh, in the market that they should be? There is a big-time resulting situation going on. So currently on FanDuel, it's different actually at Beck Chris, which I, I know is sharper. They're giving Kansas City lower or you know lower payouts to win the Super Bowl. But currently on FanDuel, the Ravens and the Chiefs are co-favorites at plus 550 to win the Super Bowl. And this wasn't always the case during the offseason. So here's what I'm, I would say. The AFC West was a was two points away from being undefeated in week one. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> right, stop. And the Ravens d- demolished the bad, you know, the Browns team that didn't come to play. Sorry, mm-hmm. Tyler, uh, our, our friend and producer. Um, best producer in the game. Best producer in the game. So um, the so obviously people are going to say, oh, look, like the Ravens obviously answered a lot of questions. Lamar threw the ball outside the pocket or outside the numbers, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Kansas City sort of ho-hum exactly what we expected. Okay, pull back a sec. Chargers almost lost to the Bengals. By the way, we got that lock of the week. The Denver Broncos should have beaten. Tennessee played, what, a C-minus game the other day? I thought Goskowski was phenomenal. Yeah, so they can't even win at home. They can't win at Denver home win a game where another team plays horse, like horse shit. And then the the Vegas Raiders lost to, almost lost to Teddy Bridgewater and a rebuilding Carolina team. So Kansas City's path to the one seed is still very, very easy. Now, Pittsburgh on Monday night, now you have to regress. Both of us think the Giants are going to suck. But they were pretty impressive for them, right? Mm-hmm. 
the Ravens' path to the one seed in the AFC is extremely difficult, given that they have Pittsburgh and an improving uh, Bengals team and a Browns team that I don't think is dead at this point. Kansas City plus 550 is still a good value. I agree with you. I, I have a hard time. I mean, the Ravens game, the Ravens-Chiefs game is going to be fantastic. I really hope that both those guys are healthy. And look, I, I really want to be pro Lamar Jackson every time I can be because it's there's so many people out there that are stupid or anti Lamar Jackson I do want to like see him throw the ball when losing against a team that is a real team you know like okay that's fine um before I before I'm ready to vault them not before I'm saying they're good but before I'm saying I'm ready to vault them to the Chiefs level you know this is the best team in the NFL yep and the I think what we learned from the Kansas City Chiefs, so Patrick Mahomes did not have a single big-time throw in that game. He did not complete a pass more than 20 yards down the football field for only the fourth time in his career. And we saw the Chiefs put up 34 points on a real football team. Now, Titus Howard, you may digress. But like to me, that says something about the floor for the Kansas City Chiefs that I'm willing to buy into. Um, I do have a question for you. So Guskowski goes out and misses all those field goals, right? Stop. By the way, I have Tennessee um, minus two and a half. Now, if you would have listened to us earlier in the offseason when we said Tennessee plus two and a half, you got to the window, even if, you know. Look, the super contest doesn't allow me to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, But uh, it was brutal. I should have just gone with Arizona. I can't. You know what's frustrating is when you make a decision based on a half point. You're like, look, if it was seven, I would have taken Arizona, but it's six and a half. So let's go find something else. the wrong half point. You know, and it's like that's... No, I mean, you made the right choice. Here's the thing. Arizona doesn't cover the spread against a good against a football team you're that just plays doing well. This. You're just doing this. <laughs> like the Niners. We'll talk about the Niners brutal. here in a second. Um, but do you have an analogy for what Kaskowski did? Because they end up winning the game, he hits the game winner, misses all those ones. Remember when we picked the the over in the Lions Green Bay game, it was like fifty one mm-hmm. and and uh Mason Crosby missed four field goals uh, and I an extra point. Yeah. And he kicked a I call it a backdoor field goal when you're down 10 <laughs> and they got over the toe. Like it was like, it felt like that where you're like, but this time it actually didn't get us to where we needed to go. It the AJ Brown play was, is till like he's open. He, you know, yeah. Tannehill missed him. It just pisses me off. I, I have two analogies for you. The first is the guy at the bar who has no conscience and he's just like, look, I could go. Oh, for my first six. <laughs> all that matters is that at some point I, I make one through the uprights and that's when I'm going home. <laughs> it's a victory for me. If I just make one, um, I think that's the analogy I'm going to stick with. The other one was, it's like being a venture capitalist and you just go out and you're like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I just need to hit one of these, but bad boys, Holy and shirts and pants, the one that actually, <laughs> actually makes it. Um, okay. I want to talk about my Seahawks now because <laughs> <laughs> um, I I just keep convincing myself more and more. I watched, I tweeted this out today. By the way, I think it's weird, and I do this. I'm just acknowledging that I do this. I think it's weird when someone goes, so I tweeted this out earlier. Like anyone really gives a shit that you Dude, tweeted it out earlier. I said that six times on Seren's show today. <laughs> like, go, hey, go subscribe to my timeline and then don't yeah. listen to the podcast because clearly I'm just regurgitating all this stuff I tweeted out. Um, but I was rewatching. Seattle, Atlanta, 
in one sense to try and convince myself that the Falcons are going to rise from the dead, but also because I'm really excited about the Sunday night game. I try and, you know, rewatch that game a couple of times for both teams before the matchup. And Seattle comes out, they run play action on the first play of the game, sack, second and long. And if I were watching this game live, you would have gone, here comes a run for five yards. It's going to be third and 13. And we're going to see Russ, you know, try and perform a miracle. And they throw the ball. And they throw it again, and they throw it again, and I was like, "Man, I, I know what ends up happening in this game, so I, you know, I'm resulting a little bit." But that there's such a difference when you have faith in Russell Wilson getting three cracks at you throwing the ball than it is one. Like it's a magical difference. Well, did you, did you hear um, what Raheem Morris said? He said he, he he takes the blame for the defensive play calling because he expected Seattle to run more. And he wasn't prepared for them to pass. I felt. So would you say that Pete Carroll's just been setting up the, the pass for two and a half years? Two and a half years. Yeah. I mean, Good for him, I mean, this so, is a year they could actually win the Super Bowl. So, so think about this. You're to the point we're about to make second downs after a sack. He sacked on first down. That's second down. You'll love this. The Seahawks over the previous three seasons then threw the ball less than seventy percent of the time. It's twenty eighth in the league. However. However, so they were about like 68%. There is one team that is at 38% pass play rate on a se- on a second down after a sack. Who do you think that might be? Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, you back don't to, want to anger Zimmer, guys. Back to my point. Seattle is plus 1400 to win the Super Bowl, but they're also basically plus 200 to win the NFC West. And this is where I want to come back to what I've talked about with the Niners for a while, defensive regression. What does that mean? Well, I mentioned Richard Sherman, and he had that I've got a chance to win a Super Bowl last year thing where he just, it was like mind over matter. He's one of those guys, right? He's like kind of a Kobe Bryant type. His his mentality can take him above any sort of doubt that he has. Now, all of a sudden, he's got this foot thing. I was talking to our buddy Mario Pilato, who does uh, injury analysis for us, was a strength and conditioning um, trainer for the Panthers back with Cam Newton. Um, and he was saying that his thought is that it's um, soreness in the Achilles and that this is, you don't, you look, you don't want to rupture it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and It's not a muscle. You can't warm it up. So, yeah. So this is exactly what we're talking about with like, you know, Richard Sherman can be still be at the peak of his ability but athletically there's a chance and now you've got a Kella Witherspoon and now you've got Debo Samuel and now you've got George Kittle and all of a sudden you've got Jimmy Garoppolo out there with Raheem the Dream Mostert and he's their best receiver it shows how limiting tight end play is right so when the tight ends come out in war they're a lot weaker like Travis Kelsey when the Chiefs were Hmm, without without a wide receiver you know was awesome but that offense was limited in, in value um, the middle of the field is too muddy, right? And those guys don't make plays on the outside as much as a wide receiver would. It shows the limitation. Now, Kittle was also hurt in the second half of the game. So when you look at this, right, so they're on FanDuel. Now, this isn't, you know, the sharpest place, but Seattle's 1,400 to win the Super Bowl. So if you think that that's one in, that's one in you know, 15 is basically the probability that's about 6.7%. We have them at 9%. So there's an edge there. And then to win the NFC West, they are currently the one. co-favorites with San Francisco at plus 195. We would make it um, 46, 46, which is, you know... It's 33, 33 versus 46. 
Yeah, so we would make it plus 117, which, you know, that <laughs> that's a lot. And 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 the thing is, is like when you look at, so I tweeted, I tweeted this out. <laughs> now you're thinking about but the, it. The thing is, is, you know, when, you know, Akella Witherspoon's hurt, Richard Sherman's hurt. Yeah, all those guys Witherspoon are hurt. thing, I don't think hurts them. Though. All those guys are hurt. And I tweeted out, I said, this is the fragility of building around an average quarterback. The Seahawks are not building around an average quarterback. I hate you. They're not. The Seahawks are. The okay, Seahawks can, are impervious I, to a lot of this stuff. I would. Can I argue with you there for a second? Okay. It's. It's not. It's the margin for error. There's nothing wrong with trying to build around Jimmy Garoppolo, but you can't do it. You can't make mistakes. You can't avoid having a really deep secondary. You can't go spend a first round pick on a defensive interior lineman. Who said that they should draft corners? We did. I preached. I said I need corner. I was doing cartwheels down Vine Street with the cokeheads and the meth dealers when they traded for that pick because I was like, I'm getting a cornerback and a wide receiver. And I love Javon Kinlaw, but you see what I'm talking about now because if you lose a defensive lineman, there's only four of those guys up there. But I, I see the I see the situation as being flawed too, though, because the room for you say there's no room for error. I think it gives a little bit too much control to the people making the decisions hmm. because you can't control injuries, right? You can't control you can't control if you build through your secondary for sure. sure. But but it's not like the Niners sloughed off at wide receiver, right? They they drafted no. Ayuk in the first round. They Absolutely. they drafted Samuel in the second round. Heard, you know, was a player that they they bought into. Pettis was a high draft pick. They've in many ways, they didn't make errors. They got unlucky, right? And, and the unluckiness affects teams like the 49ers way more. more than it does the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, you you can go read the rest of the futures. There's a couple more in there. Um, hint, one of them might or might not have to be with the hottest quarterback on the planet. So, uh, and it's not Jimmy G. All right, let's get into lock of the week discussion. So if you're listening to this for somehow the first time, I can't, I don't know how that could be that you can't have been a fan of this podcast for life, but we go over all of the next week's games after Sunday night football, deliriously late at night with the hope that we catch the best numbers. I then go home and I bet on them deliriously. I don't even remember what I bet on. I wake up the next morning after a couple hours of sleep and try and figure it out. Now we're going to try and go back and we're going to pick our lock of the week last week we did a tease with the Bengals plus three out to plus nine and the Packers uh, from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half and as you mentioned it was a great tease because one of those sides would not have covered it would have pushed the Bengals uh, lost by three um, and so made a nice donation as I've said before all the, the money that we make off these we're going to donate um, and uh, so here we go is there a game that you would like to start with? Mm -hmm. This is this I this last year our lock of the week in week two was Jaguars plus nine mm -hmm. against Houston on mm -hmm. the road. Mm -hmm. Jaguars are now this number has moved. Mm -hmm. I believe it started at ten and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Mm -hmm. It's currently nine. The Minch on the road though, and in a place where. I don't know if they match up the best with Tennessee because, you know, they're they're you know not all that strong up front and all this kind of stuff. Um, 
So this game I like in a couple different ways, a couple different avenues here. Obviously, Jaguars plus nine seems like a play to bank. Mm -hmm. Over 42, over 42 and a half, depending upon where you look. I like. I think think the Jaguars... I think the Jaguars' defense is not very good. I think it thrived off of Phillip Rivers' ineptitude. Mm-hmm. And um, and even then, that game went over 44, right? I mean, we, we kind of had a shade on the under by the time everything was set and done on green line. Sweated it out. It almost actually it almost covered. Um, Tennessee on offense, I think, showed me a little bit of something against Denver. Um, Tannehill made plays when he had to, you know, when he had to be in the drop back area. Um, I kind of like over in this game. Okay. I can get on board with the over. I can also get on board with Jacksonville plus nine. Now I know we're not getting the best of that number, but I will make a couple of cases. We talked about how, look, the Jaguars drafted it with high variance in mind. And we saw that high variance come through with CJ Anderson being a stud in that game. He was Mm. tremendous. And I'm not, I don't know why we're so impressed with Tennessee running the ball 31 times with Derrick Henry and really not doing a lot against a deep, like how if the Broncos' defense was absolutely terrible, would you be surprised come the end of the season? Because I wouldn't. Their defense is okay, though. I mean, the the based on what I thought that they did a really good job of of you know Derrick Henry. The majority of his rushes were against seven or fewer men in the box. They played nickel on early downs against two tight ends that the Tennessee had, and they just made plays. Now Tannehill spread the ball around really well. I mean, John Smith had a good game. Adam Humphreys had a good game. Corey Davis had some breakout game for once in his life. Mm-hmm. And then A.J. Brown came on at the end. Look, I, I my, my biggest worry is the defense for, for Tennessee because if Jerry Judy hangs on to a, one or two balls, that game's over, right? Like, yeah. he, he was having his way. And when you look at Jacksonville's side, to your point about the, the – um, the uh, variance, Laviska Chenault, right? DJ Chark, Tyler Eifert, tight end. Like that's a. I think. I think we're going to be looking at scoring in this game. Okay. So you, but you like. But I would take. I look. If I had to take this game against the spread, I would of course take Jacksonville. I just don't know if I like which play I like more. Okay. I I kind of like the over more than I like Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, and you go, okay. Well, do I believe that Jacksonville can keep this close? Um. Then you figure both teams maybe have to throw. You know, Tennessee has to throw a little bit more. I don't the, know. You Jacksonville had eight pressures all game. Eight, eight collectively among their linemen. So yeah, they pressured right, right. Rivers fewer. You know, less than or equal to eight times. Now, and, and I mean, Indy has a fantastic pass protecting line. Um. Okay. Let's. I, I like both those sides. Let's keep that in mind, and let's move to a game that is happening probably if you're listening to this on Thursday tonight, which is Bengals Browns. Now, I want to get your take on the following. How much do you hate fading the Browns at the bottom of the market? If there, if, if 
there existed a bottom. This a is it. No, I. It might not be. You don't think this is the bottom? Are the Browns better than the um, Chargers? <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I mean, their win totals weren't that far apart. No. So here's my rationale. Better quarterback getting points. And it's not just three, it's six. Yeah. The My concern here, if I'm betting Cincinnati, is if you look at the highest graded players for Cleveland, Larry Ogunjobi, Malcolm Smith, now he's a linebacker, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sheldon Richardson, Jordan Elliott, Vincent Taylor, Adrian Claiborne, Stone Takitaki, and then Miles Garrett. If the Bengals have a if if the Bengals are gonna have a chance tomorrow tonight whatever, if Zach Taylor is going to have to embrace the trenches don't matter approach that we think of, which is move the quarterback, throw quickly, take advantage. Like, dude, their secondary Andrew Sandejo was about as garbage as I've ever seen a player. Yes. But okay, so here. So, so the question is: Are the Bengals? Because the Bengals didn't do a ton to help Burrow protect himself right. the other day. However, maybe they learned on that last drive. If they come out and and throw the way they did on the last drive, the Bengals are going to be tough to beat by anybody this year. But the question is: is <laughs> the question is: is, is do they do that? Because I saw a lot of Joe Mixon running up the middle. <laughs> And 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 that makes me worried. So so Denzel Ward, for example, three for three for thirty seven yards into his coverage. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Carl Joseph was was you know, pretty bad as well. And then and then you had you know, Greedy Williams is hurtish. I don't know exactly what the the um, designation for him is, but like you're talking about a defense with not a great secondary. Mm-hmm. I have to be convinced that the Bengals are smart enough to take advantage of that. And the Chargers have a good secondary. So maybe it was just one of those situations where they need they needed guys to get down the field. But um, I need to see more of the last drive for the Bengals than I saw the rest of the game. Because the, the, front, the front for Cleveland is as good as the one for the Chargers. And, um, and I think yeah, Cle- I Cleveland's offense at its top end is way better than the Chargers. I mean, Tyrod is kind of just yeah, a dink and dunk. Yeah, but its top end guy. is like mythical at this point right what yeah. is their top end where does and it the exist? chargers and or sorry the 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 Bengals played okay defense in that game like i don't think that they were egregious i thought mm-hmm. that their secondary uh was improved um you know if i look at jesse bates had a terrific game um you know mackenzie alexander played really well uh you know so those are those are players that you know they need to play well and you know like you look at that okay William Jackson matches up pretty well against a guy like Odell Mackenzie Alexander matches up pretty well against a guy like Jarvis Landry um, Bates is good in the middle of the field and probably will pick off Baker who's staring down you know everything so death stare you can convince me about the Bengals I just wonder if this is a game where it's similar you know three years ago when we had the London game yeah. Jacksonville against Baltimore where you're like well, if they can block up front without Marshall Yonda, and then it's like the guy's got no freaking chance Turns the whole out game. They can't. Okay. Um, give me your next one. Uh, okay. Um, so let's look at not going Falcons. Good. Save them for me. I, can you make a case for Carolina in Tampa? Plus nine. Okay. Here is my question want to talk to you guys about staying in shape i know shocking um but 
I care about you all. And so I'm going to tell you about what I do to try and stop myself from getting overly fat while eating ice cream during the winter. And uh, the key to that is consistency and having a workout that I know I can do every single day that has pieces of it that I know are going to help me burn fat, stay in shape, cardiovascular shape, and also not get injured. And that's what that's why I use uh, a program that gives me something every single day. And that program is Moose Fit. Yes, like the animal. Um, it's a play on the head programmer and founder's last name. And it's I remember it. I'll say that. I get um, a warm-up, a conditioning piece, and a strength piece every single day. It takes me like 45 minutes to run through. I don't have to think about the workout when I walk in the gym, and that's the big thing. If you are thinking about what you're going to do when you are walking into a gym, you're going to be the moron that like sits down at the one machine that they kind of know how to do and then leaves five minutes later. So uh, if you go to MooseFit and use the promo code PFF50, you get 50% off your first month. The whole workout program is tailored to you. You answer a questionnaire, and then they'll, they'll custom fit it to you. It'll challenge you. I'll tell you that. Uh, it will challenge you, but it will get you in shape. I do it as a part of my workout every single day. So go to moosefit.co. I should have mentioned that. PFF50 is the promo code. We're in football season, which means you have your fantasy team. You probably made a few mistakes during the draft. It's not perfect, so you need to make sure that you don't make any mistakes going forward. And we've tried very, very hard to give you all of the information that you could possibly need at pff.com. Subscribe there with an Edge subscription. You get all of the fantasy content. You get all the rankings. Get an Elite subscription. You also get all the betting dashboards for both college and NFL. That's every single game. We have our Power Rankings page, which shows you uh, point spread against an average team for every team and quarterback. That's a really useful tool. And the newest tool, which is the Player Props tool, which you can actually enter the line that you have at your book and see if there's a value there really cool it's easy to use so go to pff.com and get yourself either one of those subscriptions they're both great and plus you get all the pff grades uh with either of those so go make it happen can you take anything away from two of the worst teams in the nfl putting up points on one another because Uh, that to me was what carolina and oakland was it was two really terrible teams the oakland raiders can't cover anybody yeah the the run defense for the panthers got a 28.6 grade pass rush got a 55.2 and coverage got a 53.3 it was not a good performance by the rebuilt carolina panthers defense no it it was not (laughs) they got they got they collected four total pressures collectively out of their defense in a shocking turn of events i don't know i mean here's the one thing that i would say um that worries me a little bit is i thought look i I thought tom brady made some really nice throws down the football field against saints team that actually has players that can play defense carolina does not and so my thought would be that those are going to be touchdowns in this game and it's 42 donut yeah but uh, yeah i think i think the the raiders got as much juice out of the orange as you could though i mean jacobs broke 10 tackles Mm -hmm. um you know Carr made plays down the field to henry ruggs he made plays down the i mean is this does this one come down to how healthy mike evans is well and you know godwin's in concussion protocol 
you know without so. receivers it's tough to win in football as we found out last week with you know the Niners so yeah, is that something point. that you that we want to think about because you know <laughs> look at these cornerback grades I mean you look at you know Rasul Douglas played okay mm-hmm. in 51 snaps Deontay Jackson so Dante Jackson only played 11 was he injured because Troy Pride had a 29.9 grade and something called Corn Elder had a 29.3 grade. <laughs> so, so I, I'm a little bit like... Uh, so we're, we're basically betting on Bridgewater keeping it close, which yeah. he almost always does. It's just, does he have the horses if they get behind? So let's say the same script is flipped and Tampa gets up 27, 24-7 on Carolina. Is Teddy capable of... You know my answer to that. Yeah. I'm willing to consider it because I think it is a really large number. Let me give you um, another one um, before I get to my two. Fi- my two. One of them you've already mentioned. Denver is a seven and a half point underdog in Pittsburgh. Okay, here's my rationale. Um, Drew Locke didn't look great. However, no Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Um, I thought Jerry Judy, you know, he dropped a couple of passes. If it hadn't been for that, he would have had a monster day. We know drops are unstable. Um, and I thought, you know, Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh got to play against a Giants team that really can't block. The Giants are the worst team in the NFL. They're, I'm saying this right They're now. really bad. So to me, this is now Pittsburgh playing a real NFL team in a place where they normally have fans and a pretty good home field advantage and they won't and seven and a half i like denver garrett bowles dalton reisner elijah wilkinson lloyd cushionberry and graham glasgow all graded above average last week against a titans team that has jay van Clowney. um whatever that's worth i i don't mind it i think drew i think Look, we, I'm a Pat Shermer guy. Pat Shermer did a really good job of putting Drew Locke in positions to succeed, and he failed at yeah, times. Yeah. He also tried to back Jake Butt's ass into the end zone on fourth and one. <laughs> I know. That's so incredible. it's like, so I don't understand. Maybe he learned. Maybe he learned, right. Um, I think the Steelers, when they want to be, can be efficient. But look, mm-hmm. like Denver has uh, – well, this is another question. So, like – AJ Boye's injury. Where does that where does that leave us? Right, because we had a, a Rudier. So that the, the Broncos just placed AJ Boye on RR. They had Bryce Callahan, who is a good nickel. They had uh, the the Rudier or whatever that guy's name is, who got an interception that was called back. Do they have the horses? They have Kareem Jackson as well. Like, because because Pittsburgh's receivers are good against a dog shit Giants team. You know, they only went after Bradbury once and he knocked it away. They went after the other stiffs on that defense and did great. The, can can the Broncos provide some resistance? Um, I think so. Okay. Um, your next one. Okay, that one. That one was one I had. Ooh. Um, Makes me feel good. I'm going to revisit one we talked about on Sunday. Okay. The football team. Mm. Going on the road. Now, we, we rode up seven. It has moved to six and a half. Mm-hmm. Shop. Um, total on this game, 47 and a half, which I'm going to be honest, I think it's a little high. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> can, can we pause for a second? Kyler Murray was every bit the guy I was worried about on Sunday. 
Yeah, it, it's weird. Everyone is. I've seen multiple segments on different talk shows being like, "Is Kyler Murray a top five quarterback?" Best. I was like, "Wait, did you watch that did, game? Did you watch the game at all?" That I mean, I get that he ran. I understand that. But if you watch that game and you said, "Man, I mean, he force fed it to DeAndre Hopkins," I've never felt less good about a cover ever. Like that, they turn the ball over inside their own red zone, like the yeah. own twenty, yeah. right? They missed two field goals. They the they gave up a big play. They gave up a seventy five yarder. the The question that you have to ask is: Is Washington smart enough to take Antonio Gibson, right? To take Peyton Barber and run the arrow routes against Devondre Campbell, Isaiah Simmons, and yeah, Jordan Hicks because they got twisted torched. in that game, torched. And, and when I'm looking at that, like. I mean, uh, Isaiah Simmons had a twenty-seven point one grade was, in his first game. In his he, first game, you know, he did not look like he knew what he was. I mean, Buda Baker graded well. Byron Murphy finally graded well, but a lot of that was that they didn't have receivers, right? I mean, Terry McLaurin is the best receiver that's going to be uh, on that, you know, on either side of the field. I feel like in that game, may, other than maybe Hopkins, and like, I just don't know if if they're going to be able to cover that now. On the other side, you know, Chase Young had four pressures. But one thing about the Washington football team that I really liked was they had players in the back end that played well. That actually played well. Yeah, Fabian Moreau at an 86th grade. Uh, Jimmy Moreland and Ronald Darby played fine. Um, and here's the thing. Like, the teams that scare me in the passing game throw the ball over the middle of the fucking field from 10 to 19 yards. Kyler Murray does not. Yeah, they did not. I like this one quite a bit. And I hate, you know, losing that half point. Just know, hey. Well, I mean, we, we already wrote it up. And listen we can to us just, on Sunday. But, but, but it could be, I mean, we have some teaser protection there. Because, well, not really. Okay. You let, can go up to 12 and a half, which let gets me, you crossing a few numbers. But. Let, I have one that I'm really excited to get to. But okay. before I get there, let me just dip my toe in. Just see, just the tip. Just for a second. Just to see how it feels. Just to see how it feels. The Atlanta Falcons. No. <laughs> Look, no way. I can't no, I can't do this. Here's the reason why. I can't do it. Here's why. Dallas. Uh, Dallas played a horseshit game on Sunday. Like bad. Yeah, and they ran it. the ball too much. Mm-hmm. And but at the same like and it didn't work. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like McCarthy is going to be a guy that learns from this. He went for it on a fourth down, which was a actually, after I ran the numbers, a pretty like even split, which he went, he went on the aggressive side. It wasn't a slam dunk to go for it, and he did it anyway. Um, Atlanta doesn't have pl- the players to cover the Dallas. Like, at least Jalen – so I, I, I don't like the Rams' depth, and I don't like the fact that – Dallas threw to Ramsey's side to Amari Cooper all the time. I don't get it, but the like, there's no one on the Falcons' defense that's that good, so they're not going to run into okay. that. Okay. Make I one, mean, let me make a counter argument. Okay. You know what looked really bad in that game? The D- Dallas defense. The Dallas defense was terrible. Yeah. So you think the Falcons can score with them? I think the Falcons can put up forty all the points. We actually shade over here. It's not enough to bet, but it might be something that 
Yeah, everybody I mean, liked the over on Sunday Night Football, and and of course it didn't go over. But I think this this one's only fifty two and a half. It's only a point higher than that over. And the Falcons are not gonna the Falcons are not gonna fuck around and run the ball as much as the Rams did. Do you think there's blowout potential in this game? Yeah, they're just testing the waters. Why? Why do you you don't think there is? I don't know. I am trying to be diplomatic with how I think, talk about the Falcons. Um, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are going to be a real problem for the Dallas Cowboys. They can't cover those guys. They can't. <laughs> Period. Um, and the Seattle Seahawks are a really good team. And I just, I don't know. To me, the Falcons are... Uh, a value here, even though it may it may hurt quite a bit. Um, no, I I like them as I, I, I'm. Here's my thing. I might bet them myself. You know, I might you just can't. But I can't put other people through that other misery. People through the like, misery. Okay, all right. You know what I mean? Like onward we move. And they're going to cover this because we're going to decide not to do anything with it. But okay, here's my last one. The Detroit Lions. Oh, great. So you just sat here and berated me for trying to convince you to take the Falcons, and you're going to go with the, the new Detroit. <laughs> exactly. Do you know? By the way, the, the the Eagles are the new Falcons. Are we? Are we on? Are we, they're not even the new Falcons. They're just bad. They're just the Eagles. Yeah, they're just brutal. <laughs> they just both. They both birds fly in the same disastrous air. It's a it's a joke. The Lions. Um, Six point underdog, uh, six point underdogs. In this is the exact Bay. same spread that we bet them opening on, on Sunday mm-hmm. or on Monday Night Football last year. Closed at four. They lost by two or one. I can't remember. They covered it on a field goal at the end. Ninety three percent of the cash is on Green Bay in this game. I mean, does that surprise you at all? No, Green Bay is. I mean, this is a classic overreaction. Uh, a classic overreaction. And you knew it was going to happen. Everyone yeah. and their mother is having now. There's no reason not to, because Aaron Rodgers was absolutely sensational in that game. Yeah. Like he was incredible. And if you're, um, if you want to read about, I think it's really interesting to look at where he was good. We talked about this with Aaron Nagler when he came on, where he thought Aaron Rodgers needed to improve or could improve yeah. to get back to where he was before. And that's exactly what he did in this game. He was in rhythm as good as he has ever been and actually threw out a, you know, in rhythm yeah, yeah. more than he ever has. It's usually the opposite for him. He's the guy that's always throwing out of rhythm because he waits and waits and waits and tries to make magic happen. And here's why I like, here's why I like this. The thesis I like, so we talk all summer about, hey, here's what we believe. We do all these studies. We run all these simulations. It's like, okay, we think these teams are going to suck. All right. Who are two teams we just talked about in like, you know, inherently? We talked about the Rams because they just beat the Cowboys. And we're now sort of talking about the Vikings because they just lost to the Packers. We think both those teams are bad. Okay. So the Packers go out there and steamroll this Vikings team. That's they also sucks. gave up 34 points to a Vikings team that's cheeks. I'm Kirk sorry. Kirk Cousins, fourth highest graded quarterback. Yeah, and like second in accuracy percent, yeah. accuracy plus other than Rodgers. And the Lions here, I mean, you got to figure it out, right? 
like you have got to come out and just try and put up as many points as you possibly can. So um, I like this one quite a bit. I probably, if I bet it, can't watch the game though. <laughs> here's here's what I'm worried about as as lock of the week material. Lions injury report Wednesday. Kenny Galladay, no bad. practice. It's bad. Halapoti Vitire, who I call Big V, no practice. How does he respond Des- when you call him that? Desmond Trufant, no practice. Daryl Roberts, who was replacing the IR, uh, uh, Justin Coleman, no practice. Jeffrey Okuda did practice. I, if they don't have players in the secondary, it's a Minnesota Vikings situation. So, the, but at the same time, like at six, I can I can see Detroit keeping it close by just out you know scoring with Green Bay, um, as long as Galladay practices. Now we don't know, we we haven't seen him play yet, and and Detroit against a decent Bears defense gave, put up twenty three points the first three quarters without him. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the Detroit Lions offense relative to Green Bay Packers defense is underrated here. I just don't know if it's enough for me to go. Uh, full-on uh, lock situation. Okay. All right. Um, so, so where are we going here? Let me give you one more. Oh, okay. I would, I would be curious as to whether you can find me a second leg for this first leg. Okay. In your favorite thing, which is a teaser. By the way, you did a very nice explanation of when teasers work in the PFF Discord. Mm-hmm. Which I got to be honest with you. Until a year ago, I didn't know what a Discord was. <laughs> And now we've got a discourse in a discord. Now we have hundreds and hundreds, maybe it's thousands of people talking in this discord and it's a lot of fun. You should come hang out and talk football. The Kansas city chiefs. Oh, this is a teaser unprotected line, by the way. So you're going to tease them down to two and a half. Tell me, come on. I I like it. I, well, we teased chiefs Niners in the NFC title game or the title game week Mm -hmm. last week, last year. Okay, here's okay. I, there are two possibilities. I want to see what you think. The Miami Dolphins, oh, which we wrote about. You can tease them up to eleven and a half at home against the Bills. Similar to Bengals, similar to Bengals, uh, I would say. The problem, you know, Miami Line. struggled with the running quarterback and all that kind of stuff, but they still only lost by ten. Total total in that game is by the way forty one. It's a perfect teaser. Le- it's a perfect teaser leg. That that's what I'm saying. Because because here's is. the thing: if the game plays out, and we actually have our total would be forty and a half. Hmm. So we think it's going under, if anything. So okay, if this game is is lined at forty one, and they're okay, if it's a ten point game, then you're talking about what twenty four fourteen twenty seven. 17 like that's kind of like what that between those two things is what it looks like so and that's exactly the game the Dolphins played last week against the Patriots a Mm -hmm. team weirdly similar to Buffalo here's what I'll also say about the Bills the Bills blitzed the Jets a lot last week as our, our colleague Timo pointed out in one of our Slack channels Buffalo doesn't necessarily have the horses they don't have five secondary players that I'm scared of they have three and the Dolphins have, you know, wide receivers and tight ends that can make plays. Um, so I think they stay in this one. I mean, obviously. So here's 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 the plus side for this this side. Did Dol- have, by the way, did you have another one, or is this the only one? Well, let me let me let me finish. <laughs> so so Fitzpatrick threw three interceptions on Sunday, and they lost by ten mm-hmm. in a very low scoring game. Yep. My worry with them is always that he'll turn the ball over and then you're you're just you're just bailing on this mm-hmm. game right away. Mm-hmm. But he did that the other day and they were still good enough to keep it close because their defense is not a disaster. 
that's one leg that I like. And, and honestly, I bet that with the Giants teased, teased up to, and this has moved a little bit. Um, where's the Giants game? Giants at said. Bears. Again, another game. This is lined at 42. <laughs> you didn't even hear what I said, did Would, you? No. You said this has moved a little bit, and I said that's what she said. <laughs> okay. That's good. There um, are like seven people in the world that find my jokes funny. No, no, I thought it was good. I just yeah, didn't I hear so. it. I, I'm old, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, so this one you could get, and actually you could te- – so our line is five and a half, and, and I misspoke with the Dolphins. We would make the line five and a half uh for the giants versus the bears it's currently six so if you tease this up it's up to 12. um there's not a ton of value on that right because not that many games land Mm -hmm. you know like it's basically equivalent um i i don't want to i don't think the bears should ever be favored by a near a touchdown against another nfl team so Mm -hmm. that's like my point here but then i think if, if you believe that's true you should just bet the giants against the spread more than anything and you're not you're just not going to mention the Falcons you're just the Falcons game is not a teasable game I don't think because the total is 52 and a half yeah that's true you know like <sighs> like there's I'm trying out, they're I'm trying to end our Sunday the in Falcons pain. would the Falcons trying to create good content here's for the, the thing we almost went Falcons on the second leg of that teaser which at the time now the Falcons closed as one point favorites but at mm-hmm. the time they were one and a half point dogs that would have got up to seven and a half eight right true and they couldn't cover that leg of the teaser because Ryan threw a pick in the back of the it was like his one bad throw all game and like that's like I that that level though that set of outcomes is just too broad for me I would say yeah I, I'm with you there um I'm trying to look at any others here I mean total in, in Steelers Broncos is low but I don't know. It's already seven and a half. Like how much? You're not value? getting a ton of value through, getting a, through seven, eight, ten, and eleven. Yeah, um, thirteen. Maybe. Okay, so I will I will throw out then um, that teaser. I'm I'm down with the Dolphins plus uh, 11, eleven and, and a half. half, and the Chiefs minus two and a half. Yeah, I mean, I really I really like the Dolphins at home aspect of it. I really like the. Um, uh, I, I really, obviously, the Chiefs have not. The Chiefs have lost one game to the Chargers since 2013. So, I <laughs> it'll be tough for I. You know, um, Do you, is there a single game that you like more? No, I mean we haven't talked about Houston, Baltimore. Even though I think that there is some value in Houston, I want to stay away. I can't get in front of Baltimore anymore. Um, and the the only other one that I like is is the football team. But we already wrote about that. So. And, and the numbers and bad. And should have gotten it. So. And the numbers bad. So um, do we want to revisit Jacksonville, the first one we talked about? Man. So with Jacksonville at plus nine and a total of 42 and a half, like there's not a ton of teaser value either, but you could cross it all the way to 15, which gets you across 14. Um, but that's, you know, not that many games actually yeah. land and on plus those. if they're getting blown out that much it's just it's going to keep going i mean up. we had the total at 42 let me look at where that chris is at you know with uh because i i i got it at 42 earlier so there must be there's moving it it's moving in the in the over direction right um 42 and a half might be a little bit too much well you look that up i can just tell you right now what all of this talk is going to cause me to do 
which is going to be to bet a lot this week. Mm -hmm. And I'll probably have some ridiculous parlay that may allow us to go to Vegas and spend a ridiculous amount of money on like one meal and one hotel room. (laughs) But, uh, but I, I like the teaser and I like the teaser because I want, I want to bet on Kansas city this week. I just think there's value there. We talked about their value in the futures market right now. And I just think that dude, Patrick Mahomes, I always bring up the like human element. Patrick Mahomes is a competitive motherfucker. Sorry. Yeah. Pardon my French. The, the humanity. Him seeing Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson light it up week one. Everyone's talking about them. Dude, they are going. It might be a no doubter. They are going to fillet this defense. Well, and Tyrod Taylor. Come on. You're like, you know. Just stop. Here, okay. So let's go with that teaser. I yeah. like that. Lock it up. Here's one. I'll, I'll come. I'll, speaking of parlays, you can hold me to this because, damn it. Um, so. If you like, so we like, for example, the the Titans win total. Mm-hmm. I have an ungodly amount of number uh, money on on Titans over nine, Titans over eight and a half. If you do as well, here's a parlay I like for you. <laughs> if I, Jacks plus nine. <laughs> I just got an over forty two. I just got a vision of you like selling me a car. <laughs> I actually was not allowed to bet. The if you have mo- a kid coming. I was actually not allowed to bet and Jacksonville plus three three twenty three and over forty two and a half, which I I bet would go off you know amazing you know amazing odds. But I will take so there's a situation obviously where the Titans win by a small amount and it goes over like we think it's going to, and if they actually were to lose the game outright, mm-hmm. you obviously get paid as well. And your your Titans bet is still not dead in the water. You would have hoped that they would have started you know two and zero, but right. still an idea that that's worth exploring. I like it. Okay, so the lock of the week to uh, in summation for all of you out there that are writing this down is the Chiefs teased from 8.5 to 2.5 with the Miami Dolphins teased from plus 5.5 to plus 11.5. Okay, you did something douchey this week and uh, our rules that you've got to tell me about it. So last year during College Football Saturdays, I would normally eat too much. This year, I said I was not going to eat too much during college football Saturday. So what did I do? I did order juice online during from a <laughs> from a juicery uh, um, for college football Saturday. It wasn't even a full college football Saturday, and right. I will say it was really fun watching a lot of Green Line picks hit. But um, but I also didn't compound the stress of watching those games with bad food. So it was good. That, good on me. It is really good on you. And by the way, if you had pulled a group of people that knew us both and said one of these two bought juice online, I would win a hundred percent to zero. You would go off as minus nine hundred. <laughs> I mean, both, are least. you kidding me? It is a great point though, which is if you're just going to gorge yourself and have the potential to lose a bunch of bets. So here's what I do. You want? Let me tell you my secret. You can get away guilt-free eating everything you want after so bet some games early and then say to yourself look depending on what happens here i'm going to make my food choices later and that way you know you never get yourself in a me and austin <laughs> almost always have chipotle after the the one yeah. o'clock games which is it, on sunday and i don't know how you do it i have no idea okay um i did nothing douchey this past uh past week so i have nothing <laughs> to talk about um 
But you do have a story. I do have a, a Quibi show for us to talk about, uh, which I am going to find. Uh, what I've realized, so I was trying to think of, um, I was trying to think of like douchey things that I've done. And what I realized is I don't do a whole lot now, you know, with the whole kind of pandemic thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't travel to DC as much, so I don't have opportunities there. You, you stopped, uh, you know, licking goalposts and things like that. <laughs> yeah, all of that stuff. And um, and what else? Uh, the, really, the worst thing that I did, I'm, I'm racking my brain here, I ordered like granola on Amazon because Whole Foods didn't have the brand I wanted. <laughs> That's... Uh, they, there should be a podcast, like a, you know, like everything boomers think about millennials and it should be, and it should be titled, I ordered granola online because Whole Foods didn't have it. That should be the name of the podcast. Do you think, do you think people would listen to that? Yes. Hmm. Dude, like, are you serious? Like <laughs> there is the tweets that I tweet out, that get the biggest likes are like ripping on like the boomers in my life that call me like disappointing and stuff. Like it's, there is a, there is a, like a, a co- there is a cottage industry waiting to be exploited of like self, you know, you know, like millennials, like basically like uh, coming together to like talk, you know, air the grievances. Okay. Are you ready for this yes, show? I'm ready. All right. New on Quibi, the show you didn't know you needed. When it comes to sex, Shan knows all and she goes all in. Sext Shan anything for a chance to get answers to your questions on sex, dating, and love from Sexology with Shan Boudram. Now streaming on Quibi. That's real. This it is. <laughs> it, is, it is completely real. Oh, Quibi. Um, I, Quibi has ad space on things like the... So, uh, and by the way, if you want ad space on our podcast, yeah, come th- and get us. There was a, there was, this is how I found this. <laughs> I'm scrolling through Twitter, minding my own business, yeah. searching for people hating on analytics about f- with football. Searching for other millennials <laughs> complaining about boomers. <laughs> and I happen on a promoted tweet thread, which I didn't know existed, and it's a quibby tweet thread on, <laughs> on sex chant anything. And I, I, I read it and laughed, and um, yeah, I'm probably Quibi not going to watch it. got you halfway there. <laughs> probably not going to watch it. <laughs> All right. um, That was our show. We'll see you on Sunday night. Enjoy the games this week and uh, be well. Don't eat too much. Peace out, guys.